Everything under the sun is futile. Solomon's message is temporary, is vaporous. It won't last. It won't sustain your joy or your happiness, your peace, your rest. Not that it is meaningless. It is just temporary. This world is not your home. Don't try to root your soul and your happiness here. Look above the sun to the God who reigns, who will come again. Fear Him. That's Solomon's answer. Fear the Lord in the midst of a world that looks like it's flipped upside down and you will have growing peace and confidence and purpose and rest and know that the best is yet to come. This world won't confuse you like it will if you're just looking around at the, with your eyes at the earth. Solomon is shaking us. He's trying to get us to see, to look up to the Lord, to fear Him, to, from that perspective, deal with life in His strength here. And we, are, we have finished chapter 7. We are in chapter 8 of the book of Ecclesiastes. And uh, we're going to look at uh, the first nine verses this morning. I'm going to read the first 13. As Solomon again is um, commending wisdom to us. He showed us, he's shown us, and he will show us the, the, the weaknesses of wisdom. Even godly wisdom in, the, in this planet is not omnipotent, but it's much better than foolishness and folly as we look to the Lord and seek to live lives that honor him. But in verse 1 of chapter 8, he says, Who is like the wise? Comparison. And who knows the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom makes his face shine. And the hardness of his face is changed. I say keep the king's command because of God's oath to him. Be not hasty to go from his presence. Do not take your stand in an evil cause for he does whatever he pleases. For the word of the king is supreme and who may say to him, what are you doing? Whoever keeps a command will know no evil thing, and the wise heart will know the proper time and the just way. For there is a time and a way for everything, although man's trouble lies heavy on him. For he does not know what will be, for who can tell him how it will be? No man has power to retain the spirit or power over the day of death. There is no discharge in the midst of war or from war. For, all for will wickedness deliver those who are given to it? All this I observed while applying my heart to all that is done under the sun when man had power over man to his hurt. Then I saw the wicked buried. They used to go in and out of the holy place and were praised in the city where they had done such things. This also is vanity. Because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed speedily, the heart of the children of man is fully set to do evil. Though a sinner does evil a hundred times and prolongs his, prolongs his life, yet I know that it will be well with those who fear God because they fear before Him. But it will not be well with the wicked 
neither will he prolong his days like a shadow because he does not fear before God. Thus far God's word. Let's pray together. Lord, what a treasure we have in having your word and in having your spirit and your promise that we have everything necessary for life and godliness and to know that the spirit will apply your word to our hearts. Save and sanctify your people. Empower me to preach your word. Help me to preach it truthfully and accurately, Lord, according to your word rightly interpreted. Help us to hear it as your word with joy and excitement because of your grace and purpose to understand it and walk in its light. Bless the preaching and the hearing of your holy word. Accomplish all of your purpose. Your word never returns to you void and we praise you for that. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Everywhere I hear the sound of marching, charging feet, boy. Because summer's here and the time is right for fighting in the street, boy. Well, what can a poor boy do except to sing for a rock and roll band? Hey, think the time is right for a palace revolution. Because where I live, the game to play is a compromise solution. Well then, what can a poor boy do except to sing for a rock and roll band? Hey, said my name is called Disturbance. I shout and scream, I'll kill the king. I'll rail at all his servants. Well then, what can a poor boy do? except to sing for a rock and roll band. You've probably heard that nugget of wisdom coming out of the rather large mouth of Mick Jagger. (laughs) The Rolling Stones, that's called Street Fighting Man. Thankfully, we have more choices on how to respond than shouting and screaming and killing the king, or singing in a rock and roll band. And today, see, we, we see another shift here, where Solomon is going to begin to, uh, in this section, offer practical uses of wisdom and tell us why we need wisdom. Uh, a symptom of life in a fallen world is a, is a lack of wisdom. We've seen a lot of shouting and screaming and threats to kill the king, A lot of railing at servants and, yes, even some singing in rock and roll bands, but we haven't seen a lot of wisdom. So he's dealing, he's starting today with a section on the practical use of wisdom and really how wisdom helps us and guides us in our interaction with government, be be it wicked or, or righteous kings or somewhat of a blend is what we mostly usually have. Wisdom will help us understand the times in which we live, understand the situation in which we live, and know the path forward better than this rock and roll song. How should we live under and respond to government, even a wicked government, which if you look at verse 9, I think maybe that's what he has in mind. We'll see that again. 
How should we live for God under less than righteous rule? How do we live in a world that seems upside down with the wheels falling off? I think this is a practical help for us. Points us to the right place. Points us to the right procedure. It's a difficult passage. A lot of the parts of it are sort of difficult to uh, translate and interpret. You'll see translations taking different views. Sometimes translators are more guided by what they think the main message of the book is rather than what the particular passage says. Um, So it is difficult, but there's much here for us, and I'm excited to to preach it and to remember it and to seek to live in its light and, and to have you do the same. But the main point I came up with this for this text, is that how we, what we might take away from it, is to be people of wisdom. To be people of wisdom and always trust and obey the King. Be people of wisdom, always trust and obey the King. First, prioritize wisdom. Look back at verse 1. Who is like the wise and who knows the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom makes his face shine and the hardness of his face is changed. What is he saying? Wisdom is good. It's a good thing. It's good to be wise. It's better way. And we've seen this in the comparisons before. It's way better than being foolish. Wisdom helps us not only choose the right goal, but the right steps to that goal. Or it also helps us to interpret our time and see how we might best live and respond in the day in which we live. And Solomon is saying, who compares to the wise? Or who is like the wise? Remember who's speaking here. Solomon, you know, you know, and we'll see this, we'll bring this up again, but David was promised that a son of his would sit on the throne. From then on, the Davidic covenant. And Solomon is David's son and through a less than um, righteous process. We've seen that. Bathsheba is probably all I have to say. But when Solomon was made king of all the things he could have prayed for, what did he pray for? Wisdom to rule well the people. And God made him the wisest person on the earth. So wise it was talked about all over the place. Queens would come from distant lands. Kings just to hear his wisdom and his interpretation of things and his just the figuring out who was the mother of the child. Read that story. Cut the baby in half again. No, the mother said no. Give it to the other. Anyway, very, very wise. And he's commending wisdom. He was widely honored for his wisdom. It's a good thing to have. So Solomon is a good example of a gifted of God, wise person who obviously didn't always make the best decisions as king, right? He let women lead his heart astray. But he's come out of that. He's, come back. He's, he's, he's coming from a perspective and an experience where he can say, now the real most important thing is to beware of that and look over the sun and love and follow him. Be wise. You need wisdom. Who knows the interpretation of a thing? 
how to interpret life, how to see what's going on and interpret that in light of the fact that there is a God we are to fear so that we have direction on how to go forward. When I read that, I thought of Daniel. Daniel and the gift that God had given him of interpretation. You know, you can think of Joseph. We talked about Joseph already. But Daniel, who was wise and could interpret the dreams of the king, he was devoted to God, even through going into captivity and struggle and all of the things that happened. He remained devoted to his God. And you can see that as you read Daniel. And he was known for his wisdom and his ability to interpret. And therefore, he was called into the halls of highest power to give right and true interpretations that he said came from the living God who reigns. And you know how God used Daniel. Wisdom is is a commendable thing. We need wisdom. If we're going to rightly interpret and walk through this life, we must have wisdom. And even the Lord Jesus Christ, two natures, one person forever, divine nature, human nature, God, man, second Adam, so much we say. But we tend, we lose sight of His humanity so many times. We have to hold them in balance. Two natures, one person forever. Glorified human nature now. Anyway. But Luke 2.52 says, Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. And that should be happening in us. We're not God. We're humans. We're, we're His children. But by making right use of the means He's given us, we should be, it should be able to be said about us that we're increasing in wisdom. We're growing in grace. That we're rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to me. Life is a lot less confusing if you're, if you're wise. A lot less. And just, just because you have snow on the roof doesn't mean you're wise. Or no on the roof. I don't, you know. <laughs> it doesn't just come with age. Foolishness will abide throughout your years if that's what you're pursuing. But following Christ, being a child of God, making use of the means He's given... We grow in wisdom. And as we grow in wisdom, and as we depend upon those who are wiser than us, who are following the Lord, life becomes a lot less confusing. I didn't say it becomes less difficult. But it becomes less confusing. And wisdom is a great benefit. Look what he says in the next section there. He says, a man's wisdom will make his face shine. What does that mean? It'll give him comprehension. He'll have comprehension of things by wisdom. And it says, hardness of his face is changed. A lot of these sayings are hard for us. We're not Hebrews. But it just means confidence. A confident person has a different countenance than a freaked out person, don't they? A person who's at peace over a person who's in turmoil, a person who sort of knows what's going on, even if it's hard, and knows there's a way through and hope, is going to have a different look about them than somebody whose hair's on fire and have no idea what's going on. 
So Solomon is saying, wisdom will help you. It'll help you comprehend and therefore it will change your face. In other words, it will give you confidence that you are on the right path. You won't look to circumstances to determine whether or not you're doing the right thing. Because sometimes, for the most wicked of people, circumstances are the best. And the easiest. Don't ever think, because, wow, things are going good for me. I'm a, you hear the old, I must be living right. No, God's just patient. He's long-suffering. If you are rebelling against Him, judgment's coming. Even if it's after this life. But wisdom gives comprehension and confidence. So pursue, what is he trying to say? Be wise. Pursue wisdom. Understand its limitations. Know that you're always going to be a human. You'll never have all the answers. But the more of God's wisdom you have abiding in your heart, the more confident, the more at peace, the more understanding you will have. Same guy. Look back at Proverbs. Just one book. Look back at Proverbs chapter 2. It'll be up there, but I'm old school. I like to turn and look at it. <clears throat> look what chapter 2 says. It coins this way. How do I get wisdom? God, here's what I do. I get into bed at night, and I lay my head on the pillow, and Lord, help me to wake up wise. We're silly like that sometime, aren't we? God fix it. Amen. I claim it. Yeah. Proverbs chapter 2. My son, there's some if-thens here. There's a process here. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments within you, now look what will happen. Making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. How is my ear attentive to wisdom? By treasuring up His commands, by having His Word dwell in me. Y'all are doing a great job. We're, we're the new reading schedule. Everybody's participating. Keep it up. Wisdom will be part of the outflow of that. Making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding. Stop. What is that? Now that is prayer. I'm not mocking prayer. I just want you to pray rightly. This is an ongoing process. If you're continually calling out for insight, if you're raising your voice, where? Above the Son to God. That's what Solomon did, right? <clears throat> God, help me. Teach me Your Word. Shake me by Your Word. Help me to walk in the light of Your Word. Please. So see, you've got Word and prayer together. Wonder why we want to pray? Yeah. Acts 2.42. But this, it comes through... Study, it comes through prayer. If you seek, now look, diligent. How, watch this. If you, seek, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasure. Do you know how hard it is to get silver, gold, hidden treasure, gems out of the ground? It takes work, right? It doesn't, it doesn't just get spoon-fed to you. We're so stinking lazy sometimes. No. See it as digging for treasure. If it is your treasure, you'll dig for it. Right? 
But he says, understand the process. If you're, if you're digging for it and praying for it and, and storing it up, he says, verse 5, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. That's exactly where he's pushing us in Ecclesiastes. And find the knowledge of God. The most important thing we need walking on this earth is to know our God and who He is. For the Lord gives wisdom from His mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. Yeah, He gives wisdom through that process. Even James talks about praying for wisdom. Right? Trusting Him, praying, growing in it. Guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of His saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity in every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. Delivering you from the way of evil. From men of perverted speech. Who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. See, he's not always picking on the women. <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll steer you clear of the evil path. It'll steer you clear of being deceived by, tricked by, and into following those who are rebelling against God. So dig for it. Pray for it. Read for it. And he says you will have it and it will guide you and direct you. Don't see shortcut Christianity as the way. Christianity is day by day plotting in the truth and growing in grace. We all want the shortcut, don't we? Like the prayer I said. We just want God to fix it. I prayed for God to fix it. He didn't fix it. It doesn't work. No, you, you didn't do it right. You acted like you were king. Dig for wisdom. It will pay off. Wisdom enables us to see the best and most God-glorifying actions to take in any situation. So first, this first point, prioritize wisdom in your life. Look back in Ecclesiastes. And now look where he goes with, after giving that commendation of wisdom, he goes to the relationship with the king. Obey the king for God's sake. Again, this is a difficult section, but do the best I can with it. Keep, I say, and here's the ESV, I say keep the king's command because of God's oath to him. Again, remember who's speaking. Solomon was king. Right? And in Solomon's situation, he was king because of God's oath to David and God put him in place. God is the reason he's king. And so, having been on that throne and having know how that works, he's, he's commending this. And even if you're a counselor of the king, one who is in close touch with him, and then flowing out from that to us, just subjects of the king or Government, we don't have it. Well, we kind of do seems like have a king the last few days, but anyway. I say keep the king's command because of God's oath to him. Literally, you know what this says? 
I, the mouth of the king, keep. I watch the mouth of the king. I keep literally, say is not in the original here. And I keep the king's command because of God's oath to him. Why? Because of God's oath, right? And I said who Solomon was and, and David and his father. And Solomon knew he was king because God made him king in fulfillment to his promise. So keep the king's command because of God. Looking above the sun and in that way keep the earthly king's command because you know God put him there. No king, we've seen this in previous sermons, no king hits the throne, no president hits the White House, no emperor, and on down the line you can go apart from God's divine appointment and putting him there. And it's no surprise to me that if there were shenanigans in the election that God would let things like that happen because this nation deserves judgment. It deserves wrath. It deserves destruction simply because of the lives of children being destroyed, much less all of the other wickedness going on from the White House on down. Calvin said, and God wants to judge a nation, He gives them wicked rulers. And you want to question whether or not we're under judgment? You saying we have wicked rulers? Uh-huh. They are making violation of His commandments law. I don't know how else you'd categorize that. But earthly rulers are part of God's plan and purpose, and there would be chaos without them. They are ministers of God, Romans 13. They're supposed to be enforcing good and punishing evil. They don't always do that. But God has put the king on the throne, Solomon says. So keep the king's command because of God's oath to him. You know, his situation coming out to us and he, God puts rulers on the throne. So my, my commendation to us is obey the king as much as possible. As much as possible. Look at verse 3. Be not hasty to go from his presence. So it seems like maybe an underling or a counselor uh, not running out before you understand exactly what the king is saying and commanding. We have a responsibility to be sure we understand law and understand what's being commanded before we can even start to decide about whether it's righteous or unrighteous and whether or not to keep it. Basically, make sure you understand the king's commands. And then look what it says. Do not take your stand in an evil cause, for he does whatever he pleases. In other words, don't, don't too quickly take your stand in a cause in opposition to the king. In that day, the king pretty much was a power unto himself. He really had no checks and balances. He could do whatever he wanted to do. And so for you to speak against the king was potentially... <coughs> your head chopped off. So he's saying right here, don't take your stand in an evil cause. Don't be hasty to go out. Be sure you understand. Be sure you know what you're doing for he does have authority and that authority can come against you. 
And Solomon says, For the word of the king is supreme, and who may say to him, What are you doing? I praise God for those like Nathan who were willing, the prophet Nathan who were willing to, you can imagine him pointing his finger anyway at David and saying, You are the man. That could have been the end to him. Instead, God used it to work repentance in David. Go read Psalm 51. But make sure you understand the king, the laws, what's being said. Do not be too quick to oppose him. And in this setting, in that day, the king's word was law. So what is he saying? Be careful. Be respectful. Don't be too quick to run out in a certain direction. So obey the king for God's sake as much as possible. But, point number three, prioritize the king of kings. You might read this verse and go, where did you get that? I'm going to tell you where I got it. And I got it from Dr. Shaw. Um, but anyway, he brings out some stuff about this verse and these verses that I, I think are very helpful. But prioritize the king of kings. Look in verse 5. Whoever keeps a command will know no evil thing. Okay, so what does that mean? If I just do whatever this earthly king says to me, I won't know any evil thing. Because he'll always lead me in the right direction. There's a, there's a clue here. That word for command, mitzvah is an allusion to the law of Moses. What are you talking about? Ten Commandments. That which God said would bring and give wisdom. Remember when we read Proverbs 2. An earthly king is not the source of morality. He's just supposed to be a conduit through which it flows. A servant to it. But Solomon says, be sure you're looking past this king to the law of God. And if you keep those commands, if you're walking in that way, then you will be guided in doing righteousness and not evil. And then you will know when to take a stand, when to oppose, when to even risk your very neck. Because you have a lawgiver above this lawgiver who's sitting on this earthly throne. He says, whoever keeps, you could say, God's commandments will know no evil thing. And it will give them wisdom. Remember, we just saw that in Proverbs 2. It says, whoever keeps God's commandments will know no evil thing, and the wise heart will know the proper time and the just way. See, what Solomon's saying here is a wise person prioritizes the law of God over the law of man. And when there is a conflict, the wise person always obeys the law of God. Now sometimes we say we're doing that when we're not. But the more we understand God's Word, the more we understand His law. You know, is there still an application for the law of God for the Christian? Yes. 
not that we might make ourselves righteous in our justification. We come to the law, we see we fall short and need a Savior, so we turn and we trust in Christ and we are justified. But then in sanctification, that's growth and grace through the Word, and there is a thing called a third use of the law where the law guides us into all righteousness. It shows us what sin is and it shows us what righteousness is. It shows us what our Savior Jesus is and was for us, and it shows us what He's shaping us into, therefore God calls us. John says the important thing is keeping, this is in 1 John, this is your New Testament, love of God is to keep His commandments and not see them as burdensome, and the love of Him is therefore to keep His commandments with joy. So to keep them, we have to understand them, and He's saying if you understand them, you will apply them, and you will keep God's commands, and you will be wise and know just how to respond. The law gives wisdom. We've seen that already. It helps one to see the proper time and the just way. Psalm 119.97. Listen, if you don't have a Christianity that can relate to David in Psalm 119, you need to reshape your Christianity. Oh, look at this. Psalm 119.97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandments, you want to be wise? Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more, no, watch, I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged before I keep, because I keep your precepts. See, remember what I said? Gray hair doesn't mean wisdom. Somebody could be 25 and be much wiser than somebody who's 85 because they're going at it God's way. That doesn't automatically mean, children, that you're wiser and smarter than your parents, though you think you are. Beware of that trap. But this is the way. He says, For I, I understand more than the ages, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. Therefore, I understand. I know how to go forward. Look what he says in verse 6, hearkening back to what we've already seen in chapter 3, verse 1. There is a time and a way for everything, although man's trouble lies heavy upon him. Don't, let your, don't interpret life and don't let the trouble show you, push you in which way to go. You look to God's commandments, you look to God's Word, and you will know which way to go and know the proper time for everything decision in the face of great evil the wise person will be able to respond in a way that glorifies God trouble won't press the wise person towards sin it'll press them toward their God Shadrach Meshach and Abednego right they wouldn't bow down to the golden statue when the music played they wouldn't commit idolatry Nebuchadnezzar threatens them with death what do they say? Our God is able to deliver us. But even if not, we will not bow down to you because that would be forsaking the one that's above you. I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace. Yeah, okay. You know how that turned out. He saw four in there instead of three. And the only thing that got burned on them was the ropes that held them and the people that threw them in the oven. It was so hot it killed them. God did deliver in that instance. But whether He delivers through a great earthly deliverance or delivers through death the way forward is his way and honoring his name the wise person follows the one who is all-knowing and has given his law as a reliable teacher and guide law big picture word as well as boiling down to his commandments 
See, what, what he's saying is prioritize the king of kings and you'll know what to do. Last thing, realize your limitations. Look at verse 7. For he does not know what is, he does not know what is to be, for who can tell him how it will be? That's what we want, right? A crystal ball. If I do this, this is everything that will happen. Or it gets scary you half to death if God gave you a real light ball. Or crystal ball, for those of you who are not you know, old enough to remember what those were. See, realize your limitations. We won't be able to know everything. We, we, we have God's Word. We have His law, not a crystal ball. We will never know the outcome, all of the outcome of all of our decisions ahead of time. But if we're making the decisions to the glory of God, we're doing the right thing. We must trust God and act in dependence upon the one who knows it all. It's so stupid for you to go against God in your life or whatever. You're saying your little brain in comparison to his omnipotent and omniscient brain, you know better than he does. You're looking at your circumstances and trying to control everything and work everything out. And so when God's command agrees with what you want to do, you obey it. But when it doesn't seem to make sense to you, you're like, yeah. And go your own way. We must trust God and act independence upon Him. He knows it all. We must realize our weakness. Look what Solomon says. No man can tell the future. No man. No man has the power to control the wind. He does not know what is to be and who can tell him how it will be. No man has the power to retain the spirit. Spirit is used in a lot of different ways. It seems like in this context he's talking about controlling the wind. See, no man can control the wind, but God can and does. Or power over the day of death. No man can has control over death, but God does. Every one of your days were written down in his book before there was one of them. From Psalm 139. Every day that was marked out for you, you will live. That will bring comfort to you parents as well as as you worry about your kids. And it's a mystery and sometimes we don't get it and sometimes we don't like it. But every breath I will take, He has already written down in His book and has given to me. And so I can be bold. That's the outflow of that. I can be confident. I can be bold. To live as Christ, to die as gain. He does not promise delivery from, deliverance from every hurt that we won't physically die. But we who are trusting in Jesus will never eternally die. And our spirits, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Why? Because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was born and lived under the law. And we had broken God's law, but He lived under it and fulfilled all righteousness. He kept it in thought, word, and deed, providing a perfect righteous to the glory, righteousness to the glory of His Father that He would give to His people when they trust Him. And then He died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. The wrath due us went on Him. He, because He was God and man, He could sustain it on the cross. Our hell was poured out on Him. And before He gave up the Spirit, He said, Tetelestai, paid in full, it is finished. And He went into the grave, but He didn't stay there. 
You want to know how I know it's all true? He rose the third day and ascended and is reigning. He appeared to more than 500 people at one time. The resurrection is the most provable fact in history if you don't use a double standard. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. He is king. His word is true. He died for our sins according to the scripture. He was buried and raised the third day. And when we trust Him, we have everything He says we have, whether we feel it or not. We are forgiven and cleansed from all of our sin. We are clothed in His righteousness. We are empowered by His Spirit. We have the word of God. And He will finish His work of grace in us, taking us all the way home to the new heavens and the new earth. If you're not trusting in Jesus this morning, you don't have that promise. It's appointed to man to die once and then the judgment. You will stand before Him and answer for your sin by yourself if you don't have a Savior. But you can have a Savior and His name is Jesus. And it is only Jesus. There's not another one. He's the only one who could say in truth and prove it by His resurrection, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No person comes to the Father except through Me. Our culture doesn't like that kind. Our kids have been trained in postmodernism. There's just every way leads to God. It does. Every way leads to His judgment seat. But only one will get you through that. And that is the way, the truth, and the life, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. You can fight with that. You can deny that. But you will find out when you pass from this life, that man, that crazy man at Grace Church was telling me the truth. I wish I'd have listened to him. I thought he was going to jump off the stage. But... <laughs> He was telling me the truth. No man has the power to retain the spirit or control the wind or the power over the day of death. There is no discharge from war or struggle or trouble. And even in war, you don't get a discharge in the middle of the battle. You have to press on and press forward. Nor, listen to me, you who are rejecting Jesus or think I'm too narrow. Nor will wickedness deliver those who are given to it. Wickedness, turning from God, won't deliver you. So trust and obey. Never default to wickedness. Wickedness never delivers. What is wickedness? It's a rejection of God in His ways, in His commandments. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to do what's right in my own eyes. And when God's law matches up with what I think is right, I'll do it. But when it doesn't, I won't. I'll have you, Jesus, as a Savior, but don't try to be Lord. Well, you can't cut Him in half. Nobody can... You can't deliver yourself from the struggles of this life. And wickedness will never deliver you. Jesus said, I have said these things to you that may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. He's talking to His children, His brothers and sisters. But take heart, I have overcome the world. But if you won't have that and turn to wickedness, it might feel right for a while. It might seem like it's working. But there's coming a day when you'll find out it was the wrong choice. Rejection of the all-knowing one never is the lasting and true way out of trouble. It's always a destructive shortcut. No lasting benefit. No lasting benefit will come to you through wickedness or foolishness or folly. What is that? The rejection of God and His grace. Choose truth and righteousness always. Know He will reward in His time. He's already told you this life is going to look really confusing. It's not going to look like I'm in control, but I am. His resurrection proves it. He's reigning. He's coming again. 
Don't look to wickedness to be the way out. Look to Jesus. Follow God's way. Follow Jesus. He will lead you in the right path. And know it'll look crazy on this earth. What did Paul say? We walk by faith and not by sight. A lot of you trying to walk by sight. It's hard, isn't it? <laughs> Harder than it should be, especially if you're his child. And see, if you look, if you look at, why did I say this is sort of advice under wicked rulers? Well, if you look at verse 9, Solomon says this thing he's figured out, this thing he's learned, these things he's talking about. It's when he considered when man had power over man to his own hurt. Oppressive rulers, wicked rulers who hurt themselves and others by their rule because they're not focused on God and his kingdom, but trying to take things their own way. And I tell you what, you can make all the executive orders you want to. And you can executive order all kinds of sin to be legal. And you will stand before the judge one day and find out that it was the wrong way to go. You've heard me call on our leaders to repent before, so I'll, I'll, I'll leave that there. What do you take away from this? Listen to me. These are quick. I'm done. Be people who prioritize God's wisdom. That's in general for life. If you do that, you will know the way forward. You'll, the more wisdom you have, the less confusion you'll have, the more clarity that you'll have, the more way you, you'll be able to walk more faithfully under trial if you have His wisdom. See, trials and stress tends to try to push us away from God. But in the child of God's heart, it pushes them towards God. They trust when they don't understand when it's easy and when it's hard, and we grow in that. So be people who prioritize wisdom. Two, be good citizens in this country. Under rulers, the rulers God's placed over you, obey the government as much as you possibly can. Obey the government as much as you can without violating the commandments of God. Disobey only when earthly kings step between you and God and legislate violations of His law. Then you have an obligation to disobey if you're going to claim to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christianity is not a popularity contest. You can see how popular the gospel is by what they did to Christ on the cross. What we did to Christ on the cross. It was our sin that hung him there. And lost people still feel that way. Fourth, trust him in the midst of great struggle. He is still on the throne. Y'all, I said this before. January 20th changed nothing. And even before that, listen, there wasn't completely righteous rule before that. Nor is there now. But Jesus is still on the throne. All of His promises to His people stand. He is accomplishing all of His purpose, even sometimes through very wicked kings like Pharaoh, Nebuchadnezzar, Herod. Remember when we looked at Psalm 2? He sits in heaven and laughs. I put my king on my holy hill. Nothing you can do about it. My best advice to you is submit to Him. He's accomplishing His purpose. More people got saved yesterday than any other day before, and that will continue until the people from every tribe, tongue, and nation that were given to His Son is complete. And He's going to bust the sky wide open. And if you're not listening to me today, you will wish you listened to me then. 
Last, every ounce of struggle you go through living for Him in a fallen world, he, he uses to shape you more into the image of Christ. All things. He works all things together according to His purpose for those who love Him. His purpose in your life, big picture, is Christ-likeness if you're following Him. His command to you if you're not following Him is repent and follow Christ. He's given His Son. Listen, I'll leave you with this. From Romans, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. We win. Not because we're something, but we're weak and needy and, and because He's something. King of kings, Lord of lords, coming again, will purify this earth and set up the new heavens and the new earth and we will be with Him forever then. Until then, we have a mission to take this gospel to those who don't know Him. Not to change it, not to water it down, not to not talk about sin and repentance and hell, but to show people their lost, miserable condition and their need of mercy and salvation and to show them that it's found in Jesus. And it's a free gift if you will have it because He purchased it for you. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. See, you can see our response to this wicked world is not just to sing for a rock and roll band. It's not to shout and rage at the king or his people. We are to be people of great wisdom and patience and people who have a great purpose, the glory of our king. As we walk out our days on this earth, no matter what the government looks like, Always obey your king. Let's pray. Lord, we say over and over and over to live as Christ and to die as gain. As we say that, may that be more and more a reality in our lives, that we're willing to put it all on the line for Jesus. That our lives are defined and shaped by you, Lord Jesus. That we love you and want to love you more. That we obey you and we want to obey you more. We, 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 we speak of you and we want to speak of you more. We, we want our lives to be shaped by you. And we thank you that our death has been shaped by you. That because of you, our death is gain. Because of your righteous life, we know that we're clothed in your righteousness. Because of your sacrificial death, we know that we are forgiven and cleansed of our sin. Because of your word, we know that you will finish the work you've begun. And when you return, we will be like you. Sinless. Only glory of God in our lives forever. So Lord, as we think about these things and as we say to live as Christ, to die as gain, may we deepen in it. We're going to need it. Help us to love and follow you. Help us to sacrifice ourselves for you. For you have sacrificed yourself for us. Help us to trust and obey our King and have great confidence and joy that He is coming again. Lord, if we die before you come, we will be with you in spirit. And when you come, we'll come with you and have our new bodies like yours. 
and dwell in the new heavens and the new earth forever. Lord, I pray the gospel won't make us lazy, but it'll make us passionate and purposeful to know you by being people of wisdom, to live for you by applying that word to our lives, to hope in you, to rest in you, to trust in you, and to speak of you to those who need to hear the simple truth of the gospel, that you love the world by sending us your Son, and that those who believe in him shall never perish, but have eternal life. Cleanse us and forgive us for abandoning your wisdom and going our own way. Renew us, revive us, refresh us in trusting you, in mining for your wisdom, in resting in your grace and having our lives and our lips shaped and moved by the Lord Jesus Christ. Save those who don't know you this morning. Sanctify those of us who do. We give you praise, honor, and glory that you are our King. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Stand with me. Let's sing one.